Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Broadcasting to the four corners of the conservative universe, it's the Matlock Show. He loves all things conservative politics, and if there's a microphone nearby, you can bet he'll be the one beating the left over the head with it. And now, a true original, the common sense conservative, here's your host, Matlock. Oh, yeah. Monday morning. Welcome in. Can't believe it. Man, the weekends go by so quickly. So glad you're along for the ride. Matt Locke here bringing you all of the conservatism you can handle. Americana 101. Unapologetically American. Making radio great again. Welcome along for the ride. Lots to talk about. Holy cow. Every weekend. Every weekend. It seems as if our news blows up. We end up coming here on a Monday morning, and I say to you, you know, I have too much stuff, and I do. I have way too much stuff to cover in an hour of a podcast. But I want to tell you, this segment of the podcast brought to you by ScarsAndStripesCoffee.com. I'm drinking mine right now. Get over to ScarsAndStripesCoffee.com and support a veteran. This gives veterans missions. They have an e-commerce platform. They can go out and sell coffee, merchandise, anything on the website. They make money. They have a mission. They get put into small groups. And by the way, the coffee's excellent. Yeah, it is. Head over to scarsandstripescoffee.com. That's S-C-A-R-S.com. Or I'm sorry, scarsandstripescoffee.com. The link is up on my website, the Matlock Show. Dot com L-O-C-K-E. I've got shirts and hats up there. You need to go check that out. Plus, you need to sign up for the uh, monthly newsletter. It's coming out probably sometime in the next couple days. We're at the end of the month, if you can believe that. September 30th. I have not even... I, I want to say a couple things here, first and foremost. Um, September 12th will be two months that I've went back to the Matlock show. And I have to tell you, you guys have been phenomenal, you listeners. I am already at 51,000 downloads and plays in less than eight weeks. Thank you. Thank you so very much. It is so humbling, the support you give me, that you come here and you share it with friends and you tell your you tell your relatives and, and you spread the word of the Matlock show of the truth because that's what I'm giving you. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It's exactly what needs to be done in this country today, and it's what I'm going to talk about today. Because over the weekend, of course, I see this thread on Facebook about the whistleblower complaint and the transcript and the new narrative out there, which I am seeing unfold currently, and it's amazing. I'm debating this professor. Not, don't even know the guy. It was a thread of somebody I know. And I jumped in and I started saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that the whistleblower complaint holds more legality than an actual transcript that is firsthand knowledge. This is the new narrative we are now facing in this country. And they're like, well, you tell me the discrepancies. Well, here are the discrepancies of the transcript to the whistleblower account. The whistleblower account is pure fraud. It's secondhand information of she said, he said, they said, they told me, I found out from. Did you know? I'm going to go backwards here now. I was going to go a different way. But I'm going to go backwards here because Seth Davis over at the Federalist, I found this out over the weekend. And like I said, I'm in this little debate and you find out over the weekend that the intelligence community secretly eliminated requirement that whistleblowers have direct knowledge of any wrongdoing. Yeah, you heard me right. So anybody in their mother, brother, sister, doctor, lawyer, cousin of a married uh, hyena can file a complaint 
of a whistleblower nature and not have any, any firsthand knowledge. Doesn't have to happen. You can say whatever the hell you want. You can make up whatever the hell you want. You can do whatever the hell you want. Just as long as you do it. It, it, It's so amazing. So unbelievably stupid. But this is where we're at. And what happened? They changed this just a week before this whistleblower came out and gave his account about President Trump. And now on top of all of that, you've got John Brennan. I was on I was trolling Twitter yesterday. Buck Sexton. Love the guy. At Buck Sexton, if you're not following him. Fantastic guy, smart guy, know the guy real well. I've had him on the show. He uh he says, Hey, here you go. Here is a tweet from John Brennan. A reminder to federal officials, Brennan says, there is no limit on the number of individuals who can use the whistleblower statute. If you think you were involved in unlawful activity as a result of a directive from Mr. Trump or someone doing his bidding, now is the time to report it. How convenient that now is the time when the whistleblower requirements for firsthand knowledge have been taken out of the form. So Buck says, huh, here's an open call for the next bureaucrat soft coup attempt. It's a nice touch, he says. But there you have it. So the report by Federalist is Sean Sean Davis raises questions about the intelligence community's role amid a whistleblower complaint submitted against President Trump in August of this year, alleging he acted improperly when asking the president of Ukraine to assist investigations into the origins of the Russian collusion allegations and alleged wrongdoing by Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. Here we go. Davis's report said a new whistleblower complaint form did not require potential whistleblowers who wish to have their concerns expedited to Congress to have direct firsthand knowledge of the alleged wrongdoing they are reporting. Is it, I mean, Do you not find it convenient? I mean, are you not sitting there scratching your head thinking to yourself, wait a minute. So anybody and their mother can, it doesn't matter if you're a federal official or not. You don't have to have firsthand knowledge of the deal. I literally could file a whistleblower report and say that Donald Trump did this. Or I could file a whistleblower report saying Nancy Pelosi raped me. I don't have any firsthand knowledge. I don't need to have any. We need to investigate. We, We need to investigate now. I don't have any firsthand knowledge of it. Someone just told me that I was connected to Nancy Pelosi having a sexual assault on me. I mean, this is how, this is how ridiculous this is. You have no firsthand knowledge, any proof, anything that says the president did anything that you are accusing him of doing. It's amazing. The new version of the whistleblower complaint form allowed employees to file complaints even if they had zero direct knowledge of underlying evidence and only heard about wrongdoing from others, according to Davis's report. A previous version of the whistleblower complaint form declared that any complaint must contain only first-hand knowledge of alleged wrongdoing and that complaints that provide only hearsay, rumor, or gossip would be rejected. See, I want to go back to my little spat here, my little debate on Facebook because I've got this professor. I'm not going to use his name. I'm not going to smear him. He, he has not been... He, he, he has not been derogatory to me. We've been having this discussion back and forth, and I've enjoyed the debate. But finally, I've got to say to him, look a bit, look, look just a second. What you're telling me, what you're insinuating to me, what you're telling me that he, he's telling me I'm wrong because I'm not taking the overall weight or the overall picture of the transcript and the whistleblower complaint and putting them together and saying, well, some of those things just might be true. Um, no, let me, let me tell you what is going on here. Let me tell you the narrative that the left is trying to put forward. The left is trying to tell you that the whistleblower complaint, which is secondhand knowledge, which is not under oath, which is complete and utter gossip and hearsay, which would be thrown out in a court of law does not hold the same weight as a transcribed phone call of the president. 
Let me explain. It's very simple. So when you transcribe something, they have, and I'm going to tell you the process here. I said this the other day on the, on the podcast. There were four intelligence people. I don't know if they were agents. I don't know what if they were liaisons, it, what, what they were. But there were four intelligence people listening to the phone call as Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, spoke to the president of Ukraine, Dmitry uh, Zelensky. All they're doing when they're transcribing is they're listening. They're, you know, there's no bias. There's no intent. There's no malice. They are literally just typing the words that come out of someone's mouth. Seriously, that's all they're doing. That's all a transcription is. It, 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 you're sitting in front of a keyboard of a computer, and you are typing, and there are people out there that can type extremely fast. I mean, I can type 60, 70 words per minute. But there are people out there, all they're doing is they're listening to what Trump says, and then they're typing it. And then it goes into a report. Because the four of them then, after they're all done, they compare and they say, here's what I typed. Here's what you typed. Here's what I typed. Let's make sure we got it right. There is zero political bias. There is there's zero any animus. It is literally just a job transcribing words onto a piece of paper that becomes then the official conversation of the two presidents, right? Based in fact, based in absolute concrete evidence of what happened that you typed. The whistleblower complaint, complete fallacy. We now know that, you know, I'm, I'm talking to this professor and he's like, well, explain to me the difference. There, there's a big difference. One is legal. One would hold up in a court of law. The other is garbage. The other is innuendo. The other is hearsay. They weren't there. They didn't have firsthand knowledge of what took place. And then they inserted their own political bias because we know the person has political bias against the president. We know that the person did not hear a single word of what happened on that telephone call. We know that the person probably has a vendetta and we know that he's working with Adam Schiff for brains, and we know that Adam Schiff for brains' staff probably ended up writing the whistleblower report. We know all this. But yet, it's supposed to be somehow some kind of sound, uh, you know, uh, uh, evidence that Trump did some wrongdoing. I will take the transcript over the whistleblower report any day of the week. And by the way, Here's the question that everybody should be asking themselves, and, and every common sense person should, and I said this back to the professor, if this were so egregious, what the president did, why weren't the pe why why didn't the people with first hand knowledge file a report? It's the question we all have to be asking ourselves today, right? Because this whistleblower is saying, I heard it from a friend who, well, why didn't your friends who heard it first hand file a whistleblower report why did they give the information to you to file the whistleblower complaint you see what i'm saying here you have people who have firsthand knowledge of this conversation supposedly who are telling this person well this happened this happened and this happened and then that person ran to the authorities and said i want to file a report these people are telling me this why are they telling you why aren't they telling authorities? Why aren't they telling people in power? Why aren't they filing whistleblower reports? So there in my mind, your whistleblower report is null and void and debunked. Because obviously, these people who told you didn't have the brass tacks to come and tell someone themselves. It, it's, a, it, it's a setup. I don't care who you are. I'm not stupid. But what's the narrative going around right now? I'm telling you, it's all I see on social media all weekend is that the whistleblower report has as much standing or as much weight as the actual transcript. And now they came out yesterday, uh, Brian Stelter said yesterday from uh, CNN that uh, this whistleblower was now under protective custody because he was afraid for his life. Now, stop. Stop. Brian Stelter. Scott Pelley on CBS just now. At 60 Minutes has obtained a letter that indicates the whistleblower is under federal protection because he fears for his safety. Why? 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 
Why does he, why does he fear? Who, who has threatened him? Has anybody threatened this whistleblower? Has anybody come out? And said, you know, hey, you know, we're going to get at, we're going to get this whistleblower. I, I mean, that's the thing. This is just another ploy by the leftist knuckleheads to tell you that he's off limits. They, they, they don't want you. See, that's the thing. The, the, the left knows how to play this game. They bring out this unsubstantiated claim. They cry that, you know, the person may be, you know, in physical danger and that we can't know his identity, so it's anonymous, just like every one of their sources in the slimes and the compost and everywhere else, but we're supposed to believe it, right? But now they say, well, he he fears for his life, so now he's under physical protection, so you guys got to stop questioning him. It's the same game over and over and over. And of course, one hour ago, President Trump said, who changed the longstanding whistleblower rules just before submittal of the fake whistleblower report drain the swamp. It's the swamp. And Stephen Miller, I was watching an interview yesterday. Stephen Miller took to Fox News, and he was talking to Chris Wallace. And I'm going to tell you, Chris Wallace is a great big goober. And Chris Wallace is sitting there, I mean, just badgering him about, well, you know, eh, well, the whistleblower report, it, it's it's deep state. Well, how do you know that the whistleblower report, I mean, all these people within our government are saying it's above reproach, that you can't, you can't, you, you know, you can't dispute it. Yeah, I can. And I am. And the whistleblower's a liar. And probably Adam Schiff's people wrote it. And it's a setup. And it's the deep state. Whoa, how do you know it's the deep state? Well, Chris, I've been in government for three years. I've watched this stuff happen. How long have you been in government? You're sitting here on your high perch making all of these accusations, but you don't know what's going on. Well, so-and-so told me. Yep, you're just like the whistleblower. So-and-so told you. Guess what? I got firsthand knowledge. We know this is a, a complete and utter farce. We know, and here's why. We've seen the deep state in action. And Donald Trump's right. Who changed who changed the whistleblower rules? I mean, don't you find that just, are you not at least quizzical about that? Do you not at least sit back and say, wait a minute, it, it just too much stuff starts happening. And, and, and now we're seeing where, you know, the left saying, well, you can't go after Joe Biden. And that's the other argument that I saw from this professor. Well, Trump is using his politics to go after a political opponent. Joe Biden's not his political opponent yet. Has Joe Biden won the Democratic nomination? No. He may not even be the candidate. So in honesty, all he is is he, he was the former vice president. And what has President Trump said? Hey, President Zelensky, could you help us? You, you may have information that will help us because you know there's a treaty signed by Bill Clinton stating that corruption between Ukraine and the United States can and should be investigated. It's out there. Trump knows it. I've read it. I don't have it right here in front of me, but it's there. So should we not as a country, and this is what Stephen Miller is telling Chris Wallace, should we not as a country look into corruption charges of someone who may have been benefiting by extorting another country as the vice president of this country, as we watched as he was underneath the Obama administration? Now you're starting to see why Obama did not want Biden to run. You're, you're seeing it now. Because we're going to see all this all, all out. <laughs> you, you know, it, we're seeing it all come out now. He's got a text message saying that Glenn Beck just mentioned that Hillary's going to jump in the race. Welcome to the party, Glenn. I've been saying that for months. Her or Michelle Obama, I'm telling you. They're, 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 this, is a, this is a two-pronged attack on one Joe Biden. And poor Joe Biden. I mean, he didn't want to be in this. He didn't care. He's 77 years old. He's a dodgering old fool. But this is why President Barack Obama has not endorsed Biden because he knows that he is connected, Obama, Obama is connected to all these things that we're seeing right now. Now, I got another story in the stack here. I'm, I'm jumping around um, because what did I tell you the other day about the things that we were missing, right? Because this thing is going on, all this stuff is happening, and what are we missing? What is being, uh, you know, hidden from us? What are we not supposed to see? I talked about, you know, Jeffrey Epstein and that little black book of all those names that he has, of all those little pedophile little pu pukes, you know, that are, are doodling little girls, one Bill Clinton. But, you know, we, we look at all this, and, and you think to yourself, what are we getting distracted from? 
found this article yesterday. State Department widens investigation in the Clinton email server. Because I've told you, and I just got that email, or that email, I got that text message that Glenn Beck's talking about Hillary. Hillary has to get back in the race. Because if she doesn't, she's going to go to jail. If she doesn't, all this stuff's going to come out. If they don't, here's the thing again. The left's going to try to rig an election. They tried it against, they did it against Bernie. They tried it last time and Trump won. But they need to rig an election. They need to get Trump out of there. The only way they can figure to get Trump out of there is to impeach him. You watch impeachment ramp up and I say impeach the mother effer. Seriously, because if you impeach Trump, I've been reading this. I've been reading up on this for about a week or two now. You know, the House is, even if the House impeaches Trump, it has to go to the Senate, which is in a trial. And Trump can bring in his own defense attorneys and can can bring in any evidence he sees fit to uh, defend his case. You want to think about the evidence that's going to come out? He can declassify. He's sitting, the president is sitting on everything. President Trump could burn the Democrat Party to the ground. He could burn the Democrat Party to the ground. I think he's in the White House saying, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. If you guys want to get down and dirty, you want to get in the mud, you want to play this impeachment bull crap, you want to do this stuff, I'm ready. Let's go. Because now, what are the stories coming out now? Well, Trump's not ready. His White House isn't prepared. Come on. You don't think Trump saw this coming? You don't think for the last three years Trump hasn't seen this avenue coming? You don't think he's prepared? Give me a break. But I've been telling you, I've been telling you, always pay attention to what is going on outside of the major story. Here's the, here it is. The U.S. State Department has ramped up its probe into former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton's private email server usage with investigators questioning numerous aides of the Obama-era official in recent weeks. On Saturday, the Washington Compost reported State Department officials informed up to 130 Clinton aides they were found to be culpable of handling information that was classified lower than they should have been when transmitted through the private server. Although some former Obama officials uh, have attempted to discredit the investigation by accusing the Trump administration of targeting them, one official retorted that the process is set up in a manner to completely avoid any appearance of political bias. Quote, this has nothing to do with who's in the White House, another official affirmed. This is about the time it took to go through millions of emails, which is about three and a half years. An FBI examiner of Clinton's server found over one hundred emails containing classified information, including 65 that were deemed secret and 22 deemed top secret. An additional 2,093 emails not marked classified were retroactively classified by the State Department. A Federal Bureau of Investigations investigation in the Clinton server found at least 100 emails containing classified information, including 65 emails declared secret and 22 regarding as top secret. Additionally, the State Department retroactively classified 2,093 emails that were not initially marked as such. Some experts charged Clinton broke multiple laws, including 18 U.S. Code 1924, which forbids unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or material. And yet, the FBI determined in July of 16 that Clinton did not commit any crimes, yet characterized her email usage as reckless. Then FBI Director Jim Comey, infamously drafted a statement exonerating Clinton prior to the probe's completion. In June of 18, Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz issued a stinging rebuke of the FBI's handling of the investigation. The federal watchdog's report labeled Comey's conduct during the probe as insubordinate, though it said the bureau chief was found not to have been motivated by political bias or preference in his decision to absolve Clinton. No, he just had a binder of her emails in his safe and the freaking hard drive. No, no, no. He, 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 he had no bias. Come on. Blackmail. That's what was happening. And now you're seeing they're doing this investigation on Hillary Clinton and her handling of classified information, which is a no-no, which is against the law. And you know what? It took him three and a half years. Oh, but it's Trump signaling out. Oh, my God. But yet Barack Obama did this to every political opponent. Barack Obama used the intelligence agencies to weaponize them and to attack his political opponents. But yet, what is the left telling you? That it's Trump, the one who's doing this. It's amazing. It's amazing. We're about to see, and we're, I'm telling you, 
we're about to see the biggest uncovering of illegal spying in the history of our country. Dan Bongino. Love Dan Bongino. Joey Bag of Donuts. If you've never listened to the Bongino show, you should. He is fantastic. But he says, as Democrats ramp up their impeachment efforts against President Trump, Dan Bongino said the party is starting to panic at the possibility of being linked to illegal spying as the Department of Justice Inspector General repair, prepares to release his report on the matter. It's the IG report. He says it's never going to stop. The public is dying a slow death, he said Monday. We're on life support here. They're panicking because the IG report's about to come out, which is about to expose a massive government spying operation against President Trump. Here's the key takeaway. In collusion with foreign governments, that's why they're panicking, and they're panicking because what the Obama administration did is 1,000 times worse what they're alleging Donald Trump has done. Bongino also said it's Trump's job to protect the office of the president by standing firm against congressional lawmakers, specifically Adam Schiff for brains, by asserting his privilege as commander-in-chief. Quote, the first job of the president right now is to protect the presidency. The White House counsel and others have to draw the line. This is one of the sleaziest members of Congress. He went in front of the American people in a public hearing where people could look at a public transcript and literally made it up, lied about it, and then tried to cover his tracks, saying that it was a parody. He says this is a nationally televised, important hearing, and he lied. He's a liar. He's that guy. Don't disclose anything to him. He is. And he brought – you think about it. He ought to be brought up on charges. He lied. He completely made up a factual document and made up his own words. And you have to ask yourself again, once again, I'm in this debate with this professor online, and I'm thinking to myself, why would Adam Schifferbrains make up what was in the transcript – if it, if it didn't help him. Because they're out there saying, well, the transcript says that Trump did that. No, it doesn't. It does not. At all. It doesn't say anything you're saying. Oh, well, you have to read between the lines. You have to understand what Trump was thinking. I don't know what Trump was thinking. But I know what he said on a phone call, and it wasn't against the law. But yet here comes this whistleblower garbage. And then you got to make up something, Adam Schiffer brains. And now here we sit, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, but the whistleblower, the whistleblower complaint is so much better. It's got more weight. Let's let's talk about it. That's what they want to do. And then they want to drag you down in that argument. I finally just said to him, your, your argument is flawed. The whistleblower complaint is fictitious. It would never hold up in, in, a, in, a, in, in, in a court, in a courtroom. Never. Believe me, I've been there many times. I'm not a judge or an attorney, but you know, there's stuff that does that you, you can't use hearsay. You can't use you can't use gossip in court. They'll just throw it out. Period. Done. It's not firsthand. So I go right back to my my the very question I asked before. Why didn't the people telling the whistleblower file their own whistleblower complaint? Because that would have been firsthand knowledge. They didn't because it's a hit. It is a hit on the president. They are desperate. Dan Bongino just talked about it. The IG report's coming. They're investigating Hillary, and now they're going to find out. And I'm telling you, they're going to find out the corruption that Joe Biden and his son Hunter is connected to Obama. This is all coming unraveled, and it is going to be a great big boom, boom, boom right before the election. I'm telling you, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Politics is about timing. Always has been. Always will be. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, election meddling, but first, I want you to do me a huge favor. Head over to thematlockshow.com. Thematlockshow.com. L O C K E. Head over and check out my website for one. You can sign up for my newsletter too. And you're going to, I'm going to tell you, starting this month, starting this month, you're going to want to sign up for that newsletter. There are things in there that normal people that I do the show aren't going to see. You want to be part of the in crowd, you want to be part of the cool kids. You'd best sign up for that because there's some things coming in there. I'm not going to let you know what they are. They're secret. They're for people who follow and sign up for the newsletter only. Okay? So you can head over to thematlockshow.com. L-O-C-K-E is how you spell my last name, thematlockshow.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's free. I won't charge you anything. I'm not going to spam you. I send out a newsletter once a month. That's it. I don't send out anything else, and I'm not going to. I don't need to. 
I don't want to, really. I'm too busy, to be quite honest with you. With doing everything I do and everything else, I, I do it once a month. I want it to be special. There'll be some special stuff in it come this month because I'm going to do some things here. So if you're not part of that, you need to be. TheMattLockShow.com, L-O-C-K-E. Sign up for that monthly newsletter. But on top of that, there's a link over at my website called Verb Forever. If you click on that link, it'll take you to the website where you can go and research and buy CBD oil. Now, if you've been looking at buying CBD oil, if, if you've had just a little bit of inkling of, oh, I want to see what's going on with that, you should head over there and look at it because it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. CBD oil does things that you won't have to take certain medications for, headaches, uh, muscle inflammation, aches and pains, migraines, anxiety, helps you sleep. I'm going to tell you, I have not taken it personally because I don't feel like I need it, but we're giving it to our dog. So you've got CBD oil for you, us humans. We got CBD oil over there for pets, and we have creams, which you can apply to your aching joints, muscles, back, elbows, knees, whatever, and it gives you instant relief. That cream is flying off the shelves, but I've been, we've been giving it to our dog. We have watched our dog become probably about 50% more active. He looks like he's in less pain. I can't ask him because he can't tell me, but he looks like he is. So if you are, in the market for CBD oil, CBD creams, your pet, whatever, head over to thematlockshow.com. Find that link for forever. If you're a first-time customer, listen closely. If you are a first-time customer, use the code V-E-R-V-E, Verve, 5-0, will get you 50% off your first order. That's half price, my friends. You're not going to find that anywhere else, and this is some of the best CBD oil on the market. Verve 50, for those of you ordering for the first time, or V-E-R-V-E 2020 to get 20% off today if you're a, re if you're a reoccurring customer. Head over to thematlockshow.com. Hit that Verve Forever link. Verve 50 or Verve 20. Do it now. What are you waiting for? If you're, you want CBD oil, need to go over there and do it now. All right. So meddling in the election. Let, let, let's, let's change gears, shall we? Because Joe Pollack came out and he says, you know, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi made a colossal mistake this last week by agreeing to an impeachment inquiry, which is a hoax, before she had seen the transcript of the conversation between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky. It was a strategic mistake because the evidence in the transcript contradicts her claims. But it was also a terrible mistake for the country because it cast the fairness of the 2020 presidential election into serious doubt. Now, David Brooks wrote an article about this. I talked about it last week. And he said this too. We don't want this cloud of impeachment hanging over the Democrat primary because it's sucking all of the oxygen out of the room. Now, we know, and Pollock says, that Trump supporters will rally to support the president at the polls, which we're already seeing that. Trump's up to, I think, 53% approval rating. And he's already, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of raised about $15 million since this whole thing hit the fan. So Trump supporters are going to rally to him at the polls. A lesson Democrats should have learned when Democrats lost the 98 midterm election in the midst of impeaching one, President Bill Clinton. Now, moreover, public support for the inquiry will collapse once the facts are made public. Through the media fog that is giving the misleading whistleblower complaint more credibility than the underlying evidence. What did I tell you? That's exactly the narrative that's currently happening out in the country today. The left is lending more credibility to a hoax, to a second-hand testimony, than they are the actual facts that are out there, the transcript. So the Democrats hope that impeaching Trump or even suggesting impeachment will place a permanent cloud over his head that will make it impossible for him to win in 2020. If they are right, Trump supporters will look at impeachment as the reason for his defeat. And the fact that Democrats have relied on a CIA source who had no direct evidence of wrongdoing and attempt to bring down the president will be seared into the Trump supporters' collective memories. 
The message Democrats are sending is that not only do they refuse to accept the results of the 16 election as legitimate, what, who was out there just this week? Nancy, or, uh, Hillary Clinton. President Trump is an Ill- illegitimate president. They, they, who, what did they say? Well, Republicans aren't going to accept the, they're not going to accept the election. And now I think it was uh, Robert De Niro was on CNN dropping the F-bomb, of course. The guy's a piece of crap. I mean, he really is. But they're out there saying that Trump's an illegitimate president. They cannot, and now they're saying, well, Trump's not going to leave the White House in 2020. See how this works? They continue to tell you fallacies. They want you to believe that Trump is someone other than he is. But the Democrats, they refuse to accept the result of the 16 election. And they are willing to use the intelligence community to reverse said results. In January of 17, before President-elect Trump took office, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer warned the president. He said, hey, let me tell you, you take on the intelligence community They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. The CIA and the Democrats are delivering on their threats. Now, I want you to listen to this next paragraph because we're going to talk about this for for a little bit. Because there's some questions that I'm going to connect here this morning that makes you see why what's going on and currently what is happening with Trump and this whistleblower complaint. So here's the paragraph. I'm going to read it to you. Listen carefully. Of course, it says... Trump had every reason to be suspicious of the intelligence community. They had spied on his campaign and his transition team, leaked information to the media to undermine him. Outgoing Obama administration officials were hurriedly unmasking U.S. citizens caught on wiretaps, at least one of which was illegally leaked to the media. Then FBI Director James Comey brought Trump the phony dossier not to warn him, but to intimidate him and to gather more information from the way the president-elect would react. That is big. Now, I had this debate over the weekend. Still kind of debating him. I'm going to finish it up today once I have some time. I just didn't have any time. I was doing stuff last night and this morning now. But the big question was, here we go. Why would Trump use, and Chris Wallace asked Stephen Miller this yesterday on Fox News, Why wouldn't Trump use the intelligence agencies instead of his own personal attorneys? Here it is. Trump has every reason to be suspicious of the intelligence community. They had spied on his campaign and his transition team and leaked information to the media to undermine him. Outgoing Obama administration officials were hurriedly unmasking U.S. citizens caught on wiretaps, at least one of which was illegally leaked to the media. So now there's that question. And I kind of said the same thing last week. I said, you know, if Trump were would have wanted to have done this differently, not smarter, because I don't know exactly what the, the end is. I don't know what the game plan is here for President Trump. I don't. But wouldn't you think he would want to use the intelligence agencies as a way to investigate this so it look on the up and up? Because what if the left attacked? Well, why isn't Trump using that? Here's your answer. The deep state is everywhere. Now everybody says, oh, Matlock, oh, you're talking conspiracy now. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you. The swamp is real. The swamp is real. Jesse Waters talked about it earlier this week. It's amazing because Trump's true. Trump's trying to drain the swamp, and they're fighting back as hard as they can. They're fighting back with every ounce of strength they have left because the walls are closing in. The deep state is real. There are people within the Trump administration who are actively trying to bring him down, who are actively out there releasing whistleblower complaints, who are out there making stuff up because they want the president removed from office. So Trump's looking at this saying, you know, I'd be better off using people I trust. Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) You know. So now, when you start to put these puzzle pieces together, you get a better picture. You're starting to see the whole picture. Because I don't disagree with Trump. You know, the guys, who do you trust? Who do you trust within your own administration? Who do you trust within the Republican Party? Hell, who do you trust within your inner circle? I mean, that's where we're at in politics today. Everything is leaked. 
to the Adam Schiffer brains or the press or the media almost daily. And now, and now, uh, you want to talk about something crazy. Adam Schiff goes to the Sunday programs yesterday and says, you know, we don't just want the transcript for Ukraine. Now, we want access to Donald Trump's calls with Russian President Vladimir Putin and other world leaders. You can't make this stuff up. It is never, this is never going to stop. This is never going to stop. They're going to continue to badger and harass this president until they either get what they want or President Trump shuts them down. There's only two outcomes to this little deal. And here we are. And that's why I said to you, uh, you know, I'm almost, and I think President Trump, well, I, I, here, here's, I'm going to put some, uh, some conspiracy together here for you this morning. Because what has President Trump been saying? Go ahead and impeach me. Go ahead. Because he knows, one, is that if the House votes for a formal impeachment, that's going to almost, I, I think automatically, it's going to give him the 2020 election. Because there's a silent majority out there. There are people out there who don't say much, who work, who pay their taxes, who raise their family, who like what are, what's going on in the country today. They like it. They like the fact they're paying less taxes. They like the fact that their wages are going up. They like the fact that their kids can get a summer job. They like the fact that they got enough money now that they might get to go on a vacation for the first time in 8, 10 years. They like that fact. They've worked hard. They love their country. And they're seeing what the left is doing to their elected president, the one they, the one they went and voted for and didn't tell their neighbors. And now they're pissed, first of all. So an impeachment, I think, is the death knell to the Democrat Party. But number two. The second thing here, and this is simply conspiracy, and I've been, I've been seeing it floating, and I've been I've kind of had this thought process myself over the last month or two. If the House impeaches Trump, it has to go to the Senate where it's tried. First off, you need 67 votes to impeach President Trump out of the Senate. Right now, the left only has 47 Democrats. They would need 20 Republicans to flip. I don't think there's 20 Republicans that would do it. We're, we're hearing last week, we heard all about these secret ballots from Jeff Flake and this Murphy dude about how there's 20, 35, you know, Republicans that have secretly, they would vote Trump out. But see, that's the problem. It's not secret. It's on the record. And I don't think there's 20 Republicans in the Senate that would impeach Trump. But what's going to happen? I think Trump wants impeached. I think Trump wants the House to impeach him because in the Senate, Trump can bring his defense attorneys and he can blow the place up. He can declassify any information he wants. He can go after the deep state. He can go after Hillary. He can go after Obama. He can go after Biden. He can go after them all and he can lay it out for the country to see and what a spectacle that would be. It would be crazy. And I'm telling you, just my personal opinion, President Trump would come out of this impeachment hearing smelling like roses. He has he has all the goods. He has all the information. We sit here and we talk about this every day on my program, and I'm going to tell you, he knows. He knows more than you and I will ever know. He has the facts. He has all of the information. He's sitting on it. He knows exactly what everybody has done in the sleazy Obama White House. And they know it. That's why they're attacking him so frantically. And now, like I said, you have to pay attention to what is happening outside of what the media tells you is happening. We're looking at this, this investigation into Hillary's classified emails. We're looking into all of the stuff that's going on with the IG report. John Dunham's investigating the investigators. We are going to see, and Bongino said this, we are going to see the unveiling of one of the most one of the biggest, if not the biggest, illegal spying and coup in the history of this country. It is coming. It is coming. 
It is coming. And now you're seeing stories. It's so funny because what did Nancy Pelosi have to do? She had to tell you something was happening because she's fighting the AOCs. She's fighting the progressive wing of the Democrat Party. And she's telling you, oh, we're going to have an impeachment inquiry. It, It says nothing. And now, headline today, 10 and shrinking. The House Democrats defying Pelosi and they're resisting Trump impeachment. You know why? Because they can't do it. If they impeach Trump, they lose their seats. And I've got a story in here. Once again, I mean, this is where we're getting to. Let me find it here. Yep, right here. Nancy Pelosi. Does it matter if impeachment costs the Democrats the House? Appearing at the Texas Tribune's Tribune Fest. Wow. Pelosi stated, it's more important for Congress to uphold its duty of holding the president accountable than maintaining power over the lower chamber. Texas Tribune took to Twitter and says, quote, this is a Speaker Pelosi quote, I think right now there's a cover-up of the cover-up. This lady's delusional. She says, quote, this is Pelosi yet again, it doesn't matter, she replied when asked by Tribune CEO Evan Smith if she harbors any anxiety over the Democrats' ability to keep the House If their impeachment inquiry goes awry, she says our first responsibility is to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Now, I'm sorry if I giggle, but they don't care about the Constitution. They hate the way this country is founded. They want to rip it apart, and they want to put into place a socialistic government. They don't care about the Constitution, and I chuckle every time. She quotes that she wants to defend. If you wanted to defend the Constitution, you'd be out on your bum because you're a traitor. She says, quote, and she continues, i sorry, got off track because I chuckle when the left says they love the Constitution. They hate it. They want bigger government. But anyway, she says, people say you have to take a political risk doing that. That doesn't matter because we cannot have a president of the United States undermining his oath of office his loyalty to his oath of office, undermining our national security and undermining the integrity of our elections. These people are crazy. These people are bat shit crazy. And now here's the fallout, 10 and shrinking, the House Democrats defying Pelosi and resisting Trump impeachment. 10 House Democrats from districts, here we go, that President Trump won in 16 are resisting the majority of their caucus in refusing to support an impeachment inquiry. I told you, I, I love being right. I love being right. And I told you this weeks ago. There is no way because once again, we don't do secret ballots in this country. So these folks in the House, if they're going to vote for impeachment, it's going to be on record and they're in very red states. They don't want to do it. It puts them in a very hard place. And if you know anything about politics, it is CYA and that's it. They don't care about you. They just want to cover their own ass any way they can, any way they know how, they will do it. They don't care about the policies they promised you and me. They just want to keep their jobs because they like where they're at and they like the power and everything that comes with it. Now it says they're part of a rapidly shrinking group following their house peers and holding out. Within 24 hours, on Thursday and Friday, Rep. Connor Lamp, who represents a conservative-leaning stretch of western Pennsylvania, and Rep. Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii came around to backing an impeachment inquiry. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced on Tuesday she was opening impeachment hearings into Trump. The California Democrats said Trump betrayed American security by seeking to enlist a foreign power, Ukraine, to tarnish a rival for his own political gain when he leaned on the president of that country to investigate Hunter and Joe Biden. Some vulnerable House Democrats are portraying the issue as a matter of semantics. They want committee investigations into Trump while shunning the word impeachment. They don't like that word. What did I tell you impeachment meant? Impeachment means Donald Trump wins. Minnesota Democratic Rep. Colin Peterson, chairman of the House Agricultural Committee, said Thursday, I support the investigation. I am opposed to the word inquiry or impeachment. It's ridiculous. There's nothing going on today. That was any different than it was on Monday, except that Nancy stood up and put a name on it. 
Absolutely right. Trump won by 31 points in Mr. Peterson's district, which takes in the western edge of Minnesota, straddling North Dakota and South Dakota state lines. To ask me whether I'm for or against this is ridiculous. You know I'm okay with them investigating. That's what they're doing. We'll see what it comes to. First-term Democrat Joe Cunningham, whose coastal South Carolina district Trump won by 14 points, is taking a similar line. Katie Arrington, <laughs> flipping the seat to Democratic column uh, against Republican state rep. Oh, I'm sorry. Republicans are targeting his district heavily. Because he won against Katie Arrington. She had first time since 81. That's went Democrat. Cunningham took the seat of former rep Mark Sanford, who Arrington had previously defeated. Democrat rep Jeff Andrew, first elected in 18 to represent a New Jersey district where Trump two years earlier beat Democrat Hillary Clinton by five points. Told the Washington Examiner this week, he is like-minded. Maine Democratic Rep. Jared Golden resides in a district won by Trump in 16. Golden won the Ruby Red area, helped by almost $4 million in outside contributions. New Mexico Democrat Congress Congresswoman Yaxiel Torres-Small also narrowly won her 18 race. Uh-huh. New York Democratic Rep. Max Rose won his Staten Island and Brooklyn-based seat in 18 against Republican incumbent. It was an upset victory in a district Trump won by 10 points. Democrat Rep. Anthony Brindisi is the other New York lawmaker who defeated a Republican incumbent. He resides in a district previously represented by Republican Claudia Tenney in the upstate region that Trump won by 16 points. Utah Democrat Ben McAdams won his seat in 18 after narrowly defeating Republican incumbent Mia Love. McAdams won his race for the Salt Lake City District by 694 vote, votes, only 21 votes beyond the margin that would have enabled Love to request a recount. And that's amazing because that's Utah, my friends. It's, here you go, Oklahoma Democratic. So you're looking at Utah, you're looking at Oklahoma, Kendra Horn, upset Republican Rep Steve Russell by just 1%. Horn is the first Democrat to represent that district in 44 years. I'm telling you, these Democrats know. This is political suicide. They don't want to touch it. They don't want to be near it. And they know that if they back this impeachment, they are done. Now, the final thing, but I want to tell you before I do this, head over to CombatFlipFlops.com. CombatFlipFlops.com. Use LOCK25, L-O-C-K-E, LOCK25, and you will get 25% off anything on their website. Now I know. We're leaving summertime. You wouldn't know it here in Texas. It was 96 degrees yesterday. In Texas, it's almost October 1st. That's tomorrow. But they have more than just flip-flops. Shoes, merchandise, jewelry, shemogs. They're a fantastic company. Head over to combatflipflops.com. Find something you like. Get a shirt. Get some jewelry. Get a, get get some shoes. Or get another pair of flip-flops. I wear flip-flops all the time. I love them. I'm probably going to order another pair. Use Lock 2-5. Get 25% off today. CombatFlipFlops.com. Bad for running. Worse for fighting. All right. I got a final story here. I've got about eight minutes. I'm going to go through this fast, and I'll probably hit on it more tomorrow. But we've got a common funding theme that is linked to this whistleblower, CrowdStrike, and the DNC Russia hack. Now, I want you to remember, Trump brought up CrowdStrike in this conversation to the Ukrainian president. That's what's freaked the left out because the left knows that Russia did not hack their DNC server. They know it. That's why the FBI hasn't investigated it. But now we're finding there are common threads that run through an organization repeatedly relied upon in the so-called whistleblowers complaint about President Donald Trump and CrowdStrike. The outside firm utilized to conclude that Russia hacked the Democratic National Committee servers since the DNC would not allow the U.S. government to inspect them. Now, one of the several themes is the financing ties to Google, whose Google Capital led a $100 million funding drive that, finan that financed CrowdStrike. Google Capital, which now goes by the name of Capital G, is an arm of Alphabet Incorporated, Google's parent company. Eric Schmidt, the chairman of Alphabet, has been a staunch and active supporter of Hillary Clinton and is a longtime donor to the Democrat Party. CrowdStrike, as you know, was mentioned by Trump in his call with the Ukrainian president. Perkins Coie, the law firm that represents the Democrat National Committee and Hillary Clinton's campaign, reportedly helped draft CrowdStrike to aid with the DNC's alleged hack server. Getting all this? 
And on behalf of the DNC and Clinton's campaign, Perkins Coie also paid the controversial Fusion GPS firm to produce the infamous, largely discredited anti-Trump dossier compiled by former British spy Christopher Steele. Now, this Dmitry Alperich is the co-founder of CrowdStrike. He's a non-resident senior fellow of the Cyber Statecraft Initiative at the Atlantic Council, which takes a hawkish approach toward Russia. Now, in perhaps an unexpected development, Atlantic Council funder is Burisma, the natural gas company at the center of allegations regarding Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Those allegations were the subject of Trump's inquiry with Zelensky related to Biden. The Biden allegations concern significant questions about Biden's role in the Ukraine policy under the Obama administration. This took place during a period when Hunter Biden received $80,000 a month from Burisma. Besides Google and Burisma funding, the council is also financed by one George Soros's Open Society Foundation as well as the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, Inc., and the U.S. Department. Let me go talk about that for a minute. Now, we know that the whistleblower complaint was written in first person. Multiple U.S. officials told me it contains a footnote referencing a report by the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project. It reads, in a report published by the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project, OCCRP, on July 22nd, two associates of Mr. Giuliani reportedly traveled to Kiev in May of 19 and met with Mr. Bankanoff and another Zelensky advisor, Mr. Scherfer, to soak the so-called whistleblower's account goes on to rely upon that same OCCRP report on three more occasions. It does so to write that Ukraine's prosecutor, Lutsenko, also stated he wished to communicate directly with General Barr on these matters, document that Trump advisor Ruli Giuliani had spoken in late 18 to former prosecutor Shokin in a Skype call arranged by two associates by Mr. Giuliani, bolstered the charge that I also learned from a U.S. official that associates of Mr. Giuliani were trying to make contact with the incoming Zelensky team. The so-called whistleblower then relates in another footnote, I do not know whether these associates of Mr. Giuliani were the same individual named in the, the July 22nd report by OCCRP. The OCCRP report repeatedly referenced it's actually a joint investigation by Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project and BuzzFeed News based on interviews and court and business records in the United States and Ukraine. BuzzFeed infamously also first published the first anti-Trump dossier alleging unsubstantiated collusion between Trump's campaign, presidential campaign in Russia. The dossier was paid by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democrat National Committee was produced by the Fusion GPS opposition dirt outfit. Now, what we know is the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project describes itself as a nonprofit media organization providing an investigative reporting platform for the OCCRP network. Using generalized phraseology, it states, we now connect 45 nonprofit investigation centers in 34 countries, scores of journalists, and several major regional news organizations across Europe, Africa, Asia, the Middle East, and Latin America. Every page of the OCCRP website features the same button section listing the icons of the four of the organizer's top funders, including Soros's Open Societies Foundation and the United States Agency for International Development, USAID. Indeed, OCCRP provides a hyperlink to the website for Soros's Open Society at the bottom left corner of every page on the OCCRP's own website. It is funded by one George Soros. You don't think there's a deep state? You don't think there's some funny business going around? And then I giggle and chuckle when I have a professor on Facebook tell me that I don't know what's going on. He literally called me unintelligent, said that I just didn't realize what was happening. I was just too stupid not to be able to read all of the stuff going on in between the lines of this whistleblower complaint to know I, I, I was just too in bed with Trump. Yeah, 
I'm not too in bed with Trump. I actually read the facts. And the facts are there are a lot of connections between very bad people who want to take this country down. Those are the facts. I don't care how much you try to disregard them. They're still there. It's amazing, isn't it? All right, head over to thematlockshow.com, L-O-C-K-E, shirts, hats. Hey, the monthly newsletter will be out in the next couple days. There's going to be some stuff in it you're going to want to see. If you're not signed up, head over to thematlockshow.com, sign up for that newsletter. I'm telling you, going to be worth your time. All right, guys, that's it for today. Monday show in the books. That's it. That's all I got for today. The Matlock Show, it's out. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. 30% of Americans who are planning home improvements of $5,000 or more will pay for those renovations with a high-interest credit card. That may not be a great idea. A better idea may be to take cash out of your home with a Quicken Loans 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 33. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.